0: the Word of God, and today's scripture reading is going to be from the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Uh, Vamos a abrir las escrituras al libro de Ecclesiastes capítulo 12, and today we're going to be concluding our series on Ecclesiastes that we've been calling Unlikely Wisdom. God's wisdom is unlikely because sometimes it's counter and it's different to what we would want or what we would think. And today, we've been in this book now for about two months. Uh, Brother Danny got to bring the word last week, and we were just so grateful for them. And today, we'll be concluding it all together in uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1, and then verses 9 to 14. And if, if you don't have a Bible, we have some right in the back. And if you don't own one, that's our gift to you. You can, you can have that. We we, we want you to be able to grow and develop with that, with the word of God in your life. Um, yeah, there's a Bible table just right in the back, in the welcome table there. Uh, it's just right there, yeah. And um, the verses will also be projected right on the, 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 um, the projector right behind me. So let's hear now with open ears and open hearts from the word of God, from Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Verse 1, remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach, when you will say, I find no pleasure in them, and then going down to verses 9 to 14, the conclusion of the matter. Not only was the teacher wise, but also he imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads. their collected sayings, like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them of making many books, there is no end, and much study wearies the body, wearies the body. Verse 13, now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man, of mankind, of humankind, for God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing whether it is good or evil. The word of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that your ways are not our ways and your thoughts are not our thoughts, oh God. And Lord, we just uh, praise you because you are teaching us something new, Lord, something bigger than what any of us could even think of Or imagine. And Lord, your invitation is to not live by our own means or by our own power, but by your Spirit. A Spirit, Lord, that gives us wisdom that is from above, a wisdom that is not our own, a wisdom, Lord, that is unlikely. And God, as we've been on this journey of faith-seeking understanding, would you, Lord, speak to us today in a way that is new, that is fresh, that is clear, Lord? Would you continue to draw your people near? Be even with the, the children right next door. We can hear their lovely voices as they're preparing for this season also, God. And Lord, for each one of us, whether we're taking our first steps with you or our next steps in growth, would you speak to us today, Lord? We love you, we praise you, and we pray all of this in the faithful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, here in California, we're often in drought, and it's gonna take a while to get out of this drought, but once in a while, we do have rain, we do have storms, or maybe you've been other places where You know, um, you, you do experience a lot of rain and thunderstorms. Have you ever been caught in a rain or a storm without being properly prepared? And how challenging that can actually be or how surprising or powerless or vulnerable you can feel being in a storm while being unprepared? When you don't have shelter, when you don't even have an umbrella, when you don't even have the right clothes for it? You know, I'm reminded of, uh, of, of the, an experience I had now, probably almost 15 years ago, where I experienced the most intense thunderstorm in my entire life, and I wasn't prepared. Um, it was back in 2009. Um, a lot of you know that my wife, Charlotte, she's from East Africa, from Uganda, and it was in one of the trips that I was over there. And I was with one of my best friends. His name is Vinny. We've been able to travel different parts of the world together. And we were one day in this, uh, in, in this walk in northern Uganda. And in this very rural part of the world, my friend and I got caught up in this thunderstorm. And in rural parts of the world, it's kind of interesting, right? Here we kind of keep going because we have uh, electricity all the time, uh, power running 24 seven. But in deeply rural parts of the world, um, when the sun goes down, there's something that people do that we can't even imagine. But what do you think they do when the sun goes down? They go to sleep. (laughs) They just call it a day, right? And they wake up when the sun goes up because that's what gives them light for the day. And this friend and I, we just took a walk before sundown and we thought, you know, everyone would be out and about. But then he and I ended up in this open field and we saw some people here and there in the open field. And then we saw no one else around for a while. We got into this conversation and enjoyed our conversation. But then gradually we began to see just clouds beginning to come together and to form together. And, you know, I'm used to being here in California where rain gets announced, what, like a month ahead of time, and sometimes it comes, sometimes it doesn't. In uh, parts of the world like that that are very lush and tropical, a rainstorm, a thunderstorm can come without announcement. Just a couple of clouds gather, and then before you know it, it's pouring down. You know, I didn't understand it. Some of you remember that old song from the 1980s by Toto, right? The, The rains of Africa. I miss the rains down in Africa because that's how it was. It was completely unexpected. They come at any point, whether you're ready or not, the storm comes. The thunder was so loud. That the only way that we, that my friend and I could communicate after the rainstorm and the thunder started coming down is if literally we were screaming at one another right next to each other. It was one of those types of conversations of like, what do we do? What? I can't hear you. You're just right next to each other, right? Just yelling, but not understanding one another at all. And, you know, lights were flickering, the the rain was coming down, and we had nowhere to go. So what did we do? We just decided to remain there (laughs) in the open field together to watch and experience this storm. This storm that was the biggest one that we had ever seen before. And there was nothing else that we could do in that time the storm in front of us was the reality that we saw and nothing else. We had no shelter. We had no umbrellas. So we had to try to cover ourselves by our own means, by our own power. You know, it was completely pointless, but we literally like had our hands on our head, you know, just walking around (laughs) with this pouring rain. It, It wasn't accomplishing anything, but it just made us feel better. Like we were actually doing something at the time. So through the storm, we didn't have much luck. We arrived finally at, at, our, at our camping ground, completely drenched after this, this unexpected storm. We stood no chance with that storm. Why? Because we were not prepared. And in the same way, that my friend Vinny and I were caught in that thunderstorm without shelter. This passage that we're reading this morning, King Solomon, who, who wrote this book, Ecclesiastes, he, he's an, an old king from the Old Testament who's kind of gathered all of his wisdom, and, and at the end of his life, he wrote this book called Ecclesiastes, which just means gathered wisdom. But King Solomon, he warns us in Ecclesiastes of this to not be caught in the storm without shelter. He says this in in chapter 12, verse 1. Remember your creator, if we could put it up there. Oh, well, in, in chapter 12, verse 1. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Before what? Before the difficult days come. When we chase after things of this world without God, we lack preparation for the storm. We lack preparation for the days ahead. When we go through this life without God, we are without shelter in the midst of a raging storm that sometimes is this life. There's this passage in Proverbs in 28, 26, and we can put it up on the screen here for us. And it really summarizes what this passage is talking about and what Ecclesiastes means in reminding us to remember our Creator in the days of our youth before the difficult days come. It says this in Proverbs twenty-eight, twenty-six: those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. Wisdom is that shelter that prepares us for the storm. We all know that in this life we are not in control of weather, right? It's not if a storm will come, it's when the storm comes. Wisdom keeps us safe. Not our own wisdom, but God's wisdom. Solomon here, he consistently points to these themes in the book of, of, of Ecclesiastes, themes like vanity, meaninglessness, and chasing after the wind. And we've, we've had sermons on all of those themes. So you can go back on YouTube or on the podcast and check all those out and, and catch up on them. We've been on this book for two months now. But those are some of the themes in Ecclesiastes but if we take a step back, we begin to see his entire conclusion, an unlikely conclusion here in the final chapter. In chapter 12, verse 8, he says this, and we can put it up if we're able, or you can follow in your Bibles. In in chapter 12, verse 8, he says, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless, just like vapor. You see here Solomon at the end of his age, he's reflecting on all the struggles of his life, the pain, the frustrations, the loss of hope, the anxiety. Does any of that sound familiar to any of us? I know it's been true for me. Solomon at the end of his life, he's thinking about all of that. And he says that this is the only response when we attempt to go it alone when we attempt to do this life alone, to go through the storm alone, when we go it alone and we have no shelter, we will have no refuge. We will be caught in the storm unprepared. And it will feel meaningless. Getting drenched, having nowhere to go, Nowhere to your left, nowhere to your right. Vanity. No hope. Then he even says here, even on the beautiful days, without God, when there is no storm, when there's just sunshine and blue skies, without God, even those beautiful days will feel like vanity. They will come and they will go. They will feel like vapor, right? We've talked about that. Meaninglessness in this passage is the same word as vapor. It's like if we had a spray bottle and sprayed it and we were all just trying to catch the vapor in the wind there, it's completely pointless. It will take energy, but we won't gain anything. Without God, all of that feels like vapor, meaningless. As Pastor Danny, as as Danny was saying uh, last week, even the good days and the bad days, They're all on the menu. Without God, they will feel like vanity. And then in one final word here, King Solomon, the man who had it all by earthly standards, he had the power, he had the money, he had the relationships, he had the influence, he had all of that. And he says, without God, it's meaningless. Chapter 12, verse 13, he he admits where he's at at the end of his life, he says this. Uh, let's open it up or put it up on the screen, Twelve, thirteen. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. A man who's been through it all. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind, of all humankind, the, this is the call and the duty of every man, of every woman, of every elderly person, of every teenager, of every child. We all have the same call. We all have the same duty, which this passage here calls the fear of the Lord. We're all called to that. What does that mean exactly? That's a strange phrase and we're going to break it down here together this morning. Solomon's wise words promise not only preparation for the storm, but purpose in the storm. It is our duty and our call to live out that purpose Through here, through this strange phrase that Solomon calls the fear of the Lord. So what in the world does that even mean? And I want you to write this down in your notes. And I believe we have a slide on it. The fear of God means this. Fearing God is not to be scared of God. So let's just be clear about that. Fearing God is not to be scared of God. Instead, fearing God is a reverence. Fearing God is being in amazement of God's awesome power and his mighty name of seeing God for who God truly is, for who he truly is. Understanding ourselves for who we truly are. Fully human, made in the image of God. Again, The fear of God is being amazed by God, by his greatness, by his mightiness. The God we serve is all-powerful, yet he is so close to us and so loving that he humbles himself. Again, the God that we worship, he is this awesome God, and he's also a humble king. The God that we worship is too wise for geniuses to figure out. They've tried over centuries, over oh, as long as humankind has lived. But the God that we worship is also so approachable, so close that, and loving that even a child can have a beautiful relationship with Him, including our children here in the hallway. They're all building their relationship with God. They have access to the God that we all worship. That's the mystery. That's the beauty. That's the awesomeness. That's the reverence. That's the fear of God, to realize who God truly is and who we truly are. This is the God that we worship and the one that we are called to draw near to. God is the root of our existence. And he's the only one that's really going to give us identity and purpose in this life. The book of Ecclesiastes really, as we've talked about over the last few weeks, is really like a mirror. It holds a mirror up to us so that we can truly take a deep look into ourselves. And it's a mirror that we can also use to take a look at everything you do in this life. Your habits, your hobbies, your work life, your family life, your time with friends, your time of rest, your time of leisure, all of that. Put a mirror to it. What's behind that? What's the thing behind the thing? What's the purpose in all of that? Think about all those things in your life. Like we just mentioned. Those things that make you, you, right? What would happen if you took out, took God out of all of those things? If you removed all purpose from your life? That would be the same as having no refuge from the storm, and life would feel meaningless and empty. You know, we've talked about this a lot uh, here at Imago, but idols in our lives, idols are actually the things that we get touchy about when God or others try to touch on it, right? But idols and anything else that we want to be our shelter, that we want to be our refuge in this life Remember, those things will work only until they don't. It's going to come crumbling down. It works until it doesn't. Friends, brothers, sisters, do not let the fear of the storms of this life control your life. Because it's not a question of if the storms will come. They will come. The question is, where is our shelter? What does our preparation look like? Most, uh, and, and, and that's the invitation here today, do not let the fear of the storms of this life control your life. Because here's the truth about fear. Do not fear is actually the most common command in all of Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation. But God knows also the deeper truth about the things that we fear, the things that we give into, that we submit to, that we surrender to. Most of what we are afraid of in this life never actually comes true. Most of what we spend our time worried about or afraid about are afraid about never actually happens. I remember once someone told me that. 95% of what we're fearful or anxious about never becomes a reality. We spent a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of our, a, a lot of our um, you know, uh, resources on that, but it comes and it goes. So friends, brothers, sisters, instead of fearing the approaching storm that has not even come yet, The invitation here is to fear God. Instead of fearing the storm, fear the Lord. Because we're going to give our fear to something. Fear the Lord. Fear God. Fear God, the one who is with you here and now. The one who is willing to be your shelter and trust his loving commandments. For he is our purpose. He is our shelter. He is our refuge. If you waste your life chasing after something, and this is what Solomon is talking about here. In his old age, he's made a lot of mistakes. He's done some good things here and there, but he's a lot like each one of us here, fully human, imperfect person before a perfect God. But this is what he's saying here. If you waste your life chasing for something, then you will lose sight of everything. If you waste your life chasing for that something, that money, that power, that comparison, that chasing after the wind, then you will lose sight of everything that's right in front of you, that's been given to you, that you're called to be grateful for to walk in freedom toward. Losing sight of what's right in front of us, what and who is right in front of us? God, reality, here and now. Those that he's called you to care for, to love, to steward, to say yes to. The conclusion of the matter, the unlikely conclusion, that's enough. God is enough. We have everything we need here and now. We're actually lacking nothing. The freedom of this truth is that if God is enough, then the world can take nothing from us because Jesus has overcome the world. If God is enough, then we have nothing to lose and everything to gain. You know, I love these old slogans from the most successful recovery programs in the history of the world have actually not been the, you know, uh, hundreds of thousand dollars uh, weekend recovery time. I'm not bashing any of those. I think that those are wonderful. But as I've studied some of this, the most successful Uh, recovery, and and self-help programs, if you want to call them that, in the history of the world, have actually been 12-step programs, completely free for anyone. And they have phrases in those programs that say things like, either God is everything or God is nothing. You make the choice. Find God or die. What choice will you make? Will we make? Which attitude will we take on? Because remember, the fear of the Lord is an attitude, an attitude adjustment that begins on the inside and impacts every part of our lives. God knows our human condition. God knows our brokenness. He's not afraid of any of that. Bring it to him. Draw near to him. He'll make something new. He'll make something good and beautiful in his perfect time. He knows our weakness. He knows our vulnerabilities as people. And he knows that we as people will worship and surrender to whatever it is we fear. I'll give you an example. Some of us have different phobias, right? Some of us can be afraid of, of spiders. I don't know, is anyone here afraid of spiders or not really? But you could imagine, right? If someone is afraid of a spider and they're standing right here and I have a spider dangling in front of them, I can make them walk to the end of that stage, right? Just walking toward them. They're going to walk back. Fear can control us. Fear is what we surrender to. For me, it's not spiders All right, I'll I'll just be open with you all. For me, it's mice and rats. I completely can't stand them. My my whole skin just crawls. That will make me run out of this building probably, right? Hate to admit it, but it's confession time, right? (laughs) Whatever we fear is what we surrender to. But what does God say about fear? I want us to pay very close attention to this so that we can truly understand what the Bible means, what God means by the fear of the Lord. It's not what we think. It's an unlikely conclusion. 1 John chapter 4, verses 18 to 19, it says this, if we can get the verse right behind us and you can follow along, it says this, there is no fear in love. And remember, the verse right before that. It says, God is love. So there is no fear in God, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love, but we love because he first loved us. Friends, brothers, sisters, younger, elderly, whatever stage in life you're in, the fear of the Lord is God's surprising invitation to live a life free of fear. A life free of fear because we fear God. And when we fear God, that means that we don't have to fear people, we don't have to fear places, we don't have to fear circumstances or outcomes that are out of our control. And I want you to write this down and take this with you today. And it will be right up on the screen. We fear God. And God is love. And perfect love casts out fear. To fear God is to cast out fear of everything else in our lives. When the storms of this life come we will not be caught in those storms alone. We have shelter, we have refuge in Jesus, our God. And I love how this passage in Proverbs 18.10, it says it so well. If you, if you all wanna open it up and it'll be right on the screen too. Proverbs 18.10 says, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower or in some translations, right? The name of the Lord is a strong and mighty tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. To fear God is to trust and say yes to a life without fear. Because what we fear is what we bow down to. What we fear we will worship. We will surrender to anything it is that we fear. Again, like the spider or whatever that phobia is for you, right? It has a certain amount of control and authority and power in your life. But together, as God's people, we surrender to the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is an attitude of openness and humility before God. All of us are called to that attitude. Openness and humility before God. And that's the unlikely conclusion here in these scriptures, in the book of Ecclesiastes that we've been in now for several months. We've arrived at this point. Each one of us has the same calling. We're all on common ground, and our calling is what? Our calling is to live a life of surrender, openness, and humility before God. That's the fear of the Lord. That will be our refuge. That will be our shelter, That will be our preparation when the storms of this life come. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the pathway to wisdom. And the fear of the Lord is the purpose of wisdom. An attitude of openness, humility, and surrender to God. Give Him that And he'll do the rest. Let's pray. God, we thank you. Because your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts, O Lord. And Lord, you always make a way. Even, Lord, when unexpected storms come your name Jesus your name O God is that strong and mighty tower that we can run to for refuge that we can find shelter from the rain from the storm from the discomfort and Lord my prayer today is that we would be able to say yes God to what you're calling us to Again, it's a strange and maybe even awkward or mysterious phrase, Lord, of the fear of the Lord. But Lord, you know exactly why you use those words. Because whatever we fear, we will bow down to. We will worship. We will surrender. And today, Lord, we're done bowing down to things that are not worthy of our praise or worthy of our calling or worthy of our purpose, Lord. So instead, today we're reshifting, we're re channeling to you, God. We're open. We surrender, God. We're yielding to you today. The beauty and the mystery of wisdom from above, of godly wisdom, is that it's not available to just those who have all of the knowledge. To have all of the information or to those that have all of the inspiration or charisma, Lord God. But your wonderful wisdom is available to all who seek it with this attitude of the fear of the Lord, this attitude of openness, of surrender, of humility. God, forgive us when we've let pride take over when we've let our way take over, God. Today, Lord, we pray that we'd be able to step into a new season and a new day, Lord God. Lord, we love you. And we pray that this time of prayer could really be a time that all of us can take part in, even if you're new to faith or exploring a connection with God. This is a time for you. Just reflect on Him. Talk to Him. In the silence, let God speak to you. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes the call of wisdom is a call to learn new things. And in order to learn new things, we need to unlearn and let go of old things. What do you need to unlearn today? What do you need to let go of in order to let God be God in your life? How can you live and trust to walk in the path that God has before you? Come to him. He'll build you up. He'll meet you right where you are. And if if you're newer, if you're approaching God here this morning, I want to invite you right where you are, just as you are, to pray this. You can even say it quietly, right where you are. You can pray, Lord, I recognize that you are God, and I am not. I need you, God, to be gracious to me and to forgive me. I need you, God, to heal me and to make my heart alive. Today, God, I give up on trusting in myself, and I put my life in your hands. Today, I choose to follow Jesus, the one who gave himself for my sake. Although I don't know everything, I don't understand everything, God, I want to follow you with my whole life. Thank you, God, for loving me, for loving us. Thank you for hearing my prayer. He hears you, He sees you, He loves you. His arm is not too short to save. And maybe for you, you've known God, but you're getting this invitation to go that next level, to stop bowing down to other things, other fears in this life, and to rechannel your fear to the fear of the Lord, which is a life of fearlessness. And if that's you today, you can pray and you can say, Almighty God, thank you. Forgive me for trying to do life on my own and for thinking that my way is best. I so easily get caught up in fear and conform to the patterns of society. Merciful God, forgive me. Help me to take that journey from fear to faith from fear of people to the fear of God which is an invitation to freedom. Lord, help us to be a people that trust in you and your promises. Our trust is not in the storms that come and go because just as soon as they come those storms will go. But our confidence, our hope is in you, Jesus, the strong and mighty tower that provides shelter, that provides safety, that provides a way through the storm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this journey that we've been on in exploring and searching for your unlikely wisdom. You delight in pouring it down on us, Lord God. So our hearts are open, we're surrendered, and we're yielding to you, God. Teach us your ways. In the faithful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. If we can go ahead and...